Wildcast is live on the air with the latest on hunting, fishing, boating, and all things outdoors. Make welcome your host, drummer and outdoor expert novice, Jason Harmon. All right. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this edition of Tennessee Wildcast. I'm Jason Harmon. I'm your host. And today we are on location once again at Teleco Hatchery in the Cherokee National Forest. Uh, it's awesome to be here. It's a, it's warming up a little bit. We shot a show earlier today, and uh, we've got another one here for you today uh, with Mr. Brandon Ware. He's the uh, the manager here on the South Cherokee, and also Teleco, Teleco Lake, Lake WMA. So, uh, Brandon, glad you're here with us today. Thank you. And uh, Miss Mimi Barnes is here once again helping me co-host. And uh, Happy we, to be here. Always fun. Uh, yeah, glad to have you. And uh, if you hear water in the background, that's the, the runways, the raceways here at the hatchery. And, and uh, it's, uh, it's fun to be on location for these shows. I enjoy it. It is. They're growing fish behind us. That's yeah. cool. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, we thought while we're here, we'll get a couple shows under our belt. And Mimi is always great about finding us some guests. And... Uh, Brandon is here today. Brandon is very, very sweet to be here with us today on short notice. And uh, um, we're excited to hear a little bit more about what you do. Uh, you do a tre tremendous amount of work. Maybe we'll start out just by hearing about Brandon because um, sure. he, he has a really interesting past. Yeah. Tell us, tell us Brandon, about yourself and, and how you got uh, here with the agency and what brought you to Tennessee or Tennessee Wildlife Resources Agency. Well, I grew up in Teleco Plains, which is, okay. you know, uh, so you're a just bear. down the road. A bear at heart. Teleco bear, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I grew up in Teleco and, of course, grew up hunting and fishing, um, spending time outdoors in the Cherokee National Forest. Um, went to um, college at the University of Tennessee, got my bachelor's and master's there, and um, my graduate work involved a black bear reintroduction project in South Arkansas. So I had worked with bears on a couple of projects as a technician, you know, first getting started in wildlife. and was fortunate enough to um, to land a graduate position doing doing some field work wow. with bears. Um, so we uh, reintroduced bears to uh, southern Arkansas. Um, they are actually just now beginning to look at possibly hunting the, the bears where we reintroduced those wow. those bears to the cool that portion of the state. Um, so that went well. Uh, from there, I I went to work uh, for the agency in the non-game program. Uh, bounced around a little bit and ended up in uh, Hamilton County as a wildlife officer and then Polk County most recently. Um, worked in Polk County for several years and there got to um, deal with bears a lot because obviously uh, half of the county is, is um, Cherokee National Forest. We have a large bear population there. Um, we deal a lot with, uh, with nuisance bears and, and bear hunting seasons and mm -hmm. things like that. So I got to use um, some of that past experience to work with bears in Polk County as a wildlife officer. Uh, and help out with the um, with the black bear management there. Um, that led to uh, me transitioning to the wildlife manager at Teleco Lake and South Cherokee Wildlife Management Areas, which is where I'm at now. And I've been here about about two years now. Wow, time goes fast. You know, uh, my experience with Brandon here in the region has been: um, there's a bear issue. Who do you call? Um, and people know the experts in our in their regions, right. and and Brandon answers a lot of those questions. Yep, and. Um, we're going to talk a lot about bears today, but but you mentioned Teleco Lake WMA and, and uh, that, that your, you and your crew manage that area. I guess first tell us about uh, about your crew, and then tell us about what y'all do on these different on the on Teleco WMA, and then it's quite South a bit Cherokee. of land. Yeah, right. So, like I said, we manage the Teleco Lake Wildlife Management Area and South Cherokee Wildlife Management Area. 
Telco Lake is over 7,000 acres of lands um, owned by the Tennessee State Parks, Tennessee Valley Authority, and the Teleco Reservoir Development Agency. We don't actually own the land, but we manage those acreage, that acreage as a wildlife management area for uh, public access, hunting, field trials, different things like that. Um, there's also a portion of it that is a waterfowl refuge, Chota Waterfowl Refuge. It's on a peninsula of Teleco Lake. Uh, and then South Cherokee Wildlife Management Area is over 300,000 acres of national forest in Monroe and Polk County. So we're in the southeast corner of the state. Um, the, of course, the Forest Service owns the national forest, um, manages the uh, recreation resources, uh, timber resources, fire management, things like that. And we work cooperatively with them through an agreement to manage the wildlife resources on the area. Um, and so we manage it as a wildlife management area. It's one of the larger ones in the state. And um, in managing that, I have myself and two technicians that manage 300, over 300,000 acres. It's amazing, wow. isn't yeah. it? So uh, we have our hands full um, throughout the year. There's not really a downtime. Um, How'd you find time to be with us today? <laughs> <laughs> well, I was kind of roped into it. <laughs> <laughs> He's a good sport. Uh, <laughs> so uh, tell us a little bit about your technicians. Uh, Freddie Kelly and Steve Massengill are my two technicians. They're both from tel the Teleco area also. Uh, so we've got a local crew that's familiar with the area that has uh, a lot of ties in this area. And are, it, I think, makes them really passionate about working for the wildlife resources here at home, basically. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, they're both great guys. Um, both of them have various backgrounds in construction, um, logging, carpentry, mechanics, different things. They can weld. I mean, they can do, you know, pretty much anything. And, of course, farming. Uh, and, and they use all of that on the job. They're just really great guys and great help on the area. Um, pretty much I go to them a lot of times and to see, you know, hey, what, what needs to be done right now? You know, what are you guys working on? And, and uh, I've learned as much from them as I've helped, you know, lead them i'm sure i think that's that's the same across the state on most of our wmas most of our guys have so many abilities they can do anything like you said from carpentry to mechanic you know, be a mechanic and weld can build stuff make a tool if they need it you know and it's amazing what our guys can do yeah they've got a lot of energy too they I mean, do <laughs> they do <laughs> they really do and it, it's always a pleasure i will uh, give them a shout out for their cooking as well because they are great cooks both great cooks <laughs> we we actually try to help with a lot of youth events veteran events and things like that on teleco lake in south cherokee um and freddie and steve usually always cook at those and it's always a big hit Always so, a big hit. Yeah. <laughs> well, tell us about, uh, real quick, Freddie. He recently was named uh, Technician of the Year, right? He was the TWRA Wildlife Technician of the Year for this year. Um, like I said, Freddie does a little bit of everything. And um, last year, one thing that was noted in his recognition in that award, um, he was working the bear check station um, during one of the hunts. And it just happened to be the day that one of the Navy training jets went down here in the Cherokee National Forest. Freddie was one of the first ones on the scene there that day and stayed with him throughout that ordeal uh, during the recovery process. Um, helped with the fire containment, um, mapping area, you know, routes to get in there to the to the wreck side and different things like that. And so that's just one example of the many things that they do and how they go above and beyond all the time because he, he left what he was doing and uh, and rushed up here knowing you know he was probably the closest one around yeah wow. probably knew the area better than those better than other most people that were coming around, in yeah. 
That's awesome. Um, so uh, back to that management that, that um, they both help support and um, all three of you work so hard to do. Tell us a little bit about those two wildlife management areas. You talked about uh, Tillico Lake WMA and it even contain, containing Choda Refuge. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's Teleco known for? And then South Cherokee, what would you say it's known for? Okay, well, Teleco Lake, of course, obviously is smaller, and uh, most of the property is adjacent to that Teleco Reservoir. Um, it's mostly in a series of peninsulas or islands there around the lake, and um, because of that, it's going to be smaller tracts. There's not a lot of very large tracks of timber um, and we we manage large portions of it for primarily small game hunting we have some open fields mixed with hardwoods and we manage that for uh, rabbit quail squirrel uh, youth youth hunts and things like that um, one portion of it the mcgee carson tract is managed primarily for uh, youth hunting there's no uh, adult hunting allowed on that area but we have quota deer and turkey hunts for youth and then small game hunting throughout the season and then we also manage it for um field trials so that people can train or or have field trials for bird dogs and rabbit dogs and things like that so and you have a youth quail and we have a youth quail hunt and a youth quail event um jake's day you know mm-hmm. different youth events like that but those open areas on that portion of the wma we manage those fields as um most of them are, are native warm season grass fields or a mixture of of grasses and uh woody vegetation um early successional habitat for you know which is important for small game and we do a lot of um, disking, burning, uh, planting, you know, food plot strips, things like that. Oh. Um, so we'll have a, a rotation on those different individual fields so that they're burned, you know, every couple of years to maintain that early successional habitat that's important for quail and rabbits and other species. Um, hey, before the show, we were talking, but you, uh, turkey and deer are also statewide, right? The same as statewide seasons on that WMA? Is that, no, the, is that correct? No, there are portions of it portions, where, okay. where um, the deer season, uh, where all the hunting season is the same as statewide. Okay. Our Ware's Bend unit and Bacon Bend unit, which are two peninsulas on the lake, they're open with the statewide seasons. Gotcha. But McGee-Carson and the Teleco West Tract, they're managed primarily just through quota hunts. So on one portion, the Teleco West Tract, which is an industrial area, and, um, it's managed in partnership with TRDA through four archery uh, quota deer hunts in the fall so september through uh, december we have a four two-day hunts for adults and um, that's as those are used as population management tools around that industrial park Um, the mcgee carson track like i said is just youth hunting Uh, either small game hunts which are open weekends on during november december january or those um, those limited quota deer and turkey hunts and then our Chota Waterfowl Refuge, um, it is open the same as statewide season until the refuge closure on November 15th each year. And then it's closed for, obviously, for um, those wintering waterfowl to have resting and, and feeding areas uh, during their migrations. Yeah, that's a beautiful area, too. I mean, it is absolutely gorgeous there. It is, and it, again, is a mixture of uh, upland hardwoods and open fields, but then we have some manipulated wetlands on there that we manage through a series of, of levees and water control structures so that we can flood it um, seasonally so that ducks can, can rest and feed in there. Are you actually planting those areas too uh, for waterfowl? We do. We, we uh, allow some of those fields to come up in, in moist soil native plants every year, 
but then uh, portions of them adjacent to the, the flooded areas or areas that will flood will plant with grain crops like okay. um, milo, millet, corn, different things like that. All right. Wow, a lot going on just there. Yeah. So we yeah. haven't touched on South, South Cherokee right. yet. And I know that that includes a lot of partnerships as well. Yes, the South Cherokee Wildlife Management Area is, um, obviously, we work very closely with the U.S. Forest Service. And um, as I mentioned before, we, we primarily help with the um, setting of the hunting regulations on South Cherokee. Obviously, the Forest Service has uh, folks that are involved with recreation, camping, you know, outdoor use, hiking, things like that, um, timber harvest regulations, prescribed burning. Um, and we aren't as heavily involved with those programs as we are the hunting and wildlife management aspect of it. Um, but we do work closely with them and help with prescribed burns to, you know, improve wildlife habitat and um, are kept in the loop on other things that may affect our hunting seasons or things like that. Yeah. Um, what is South Cherokee known for? Well, South Cherokee traditionally has been a very popular um, bear and hog hunting area, as well as white-tailed deer, but the white-tailed deer harvest is, has never really been, well, in recent years, isn't really that great. Um, there, there aren't as many deer in the older forest grown, not as many open areas. Um, and that's simply because the, the, the forests have grown up. A lot of it, people don't realize that that cuts off habitat for, for deer. Exactly. In years past, in the early days of the Cherokee, and, and a lot of people will talk about the heyday, mm -hmm. when the deer hunting was good, the forest was a lot younger then. There were a lot more open areas, a lot of clear cuts, a lot of um, recent timber harvest, mm -hmm. which provided edge and, and early successional habitat that deer you know rely on in parts of their, parts of their life or parts of the year. Um, and now that forest has, um, through management and uh, through it being a national forest for a number of years now, has been allowed to grow and, and mature. And of that 300,000 acres, now only about 1% or, or 3,000 acres is open. Wow. So Just, most of wow. it is closed canopy, oak, hickory, you know, mixed hardwood forest. Did, so that's helpful in knowing that it's that 1%, the rest of it's not conducive for growing growing deer. That's not the point of that area. Correct. But it, it um, has helped provide a lot of habitat for black bears mm -hmm. and, um, and, and other wildlife that are forest obligates, you know, that, that require those, those closed stands. Um, but the, the bear population has continued to increase on the Cherokee and surrounding all of eastern Tennessee. And um, that's probably our most popular hunting season or, or game animal that we have on the Cherokee. Um, and we have four bear hunts every year and they begin in late September, early October. Um, we'll have one again toward the end of October, 1st of November. Then one, the traditional hunt uh, is usually around the end of November to the first two weeks, 10 days of December. Right. And now more recently we've started a late a later season hunt that's only about four days, which will be toward the end of the year, 1st of January. And I, I do want to talk about bear more um, because you're an expert. You have a ton of knowledge there, but uh, and don't be humble on me. <laughs> I know the truth. But, um, but uh, I want to go back. So um, I've heard the word daylighting, um, and I've heard about some of the work that you've done on South Cherokee. Can you talk a little bit about some of those projects that are currently going on? We, we have uh, entered into an agreement with the U.S. Forest Service called the Good Neighbor Agreement, where basically a, 
a sister or neighboring agency can work in partnership with the Forest Service to help accomplish their management goals, basically. Um, and so through this plan and this partnership, um, we've worked cooperatively with, again, the fire and timber folks and the wildlife biologists with the, with the uh, Forest Service to um, accomplish these um, projects that they might not otherwise be able to do on their own. So we're helping them to accomplish their management uh, goals and at the same time benefiting wildlife for our wildlife management area. One of the main things that we're doing through the current um, agreement is daylighting, like you mentioned. And, and I mentioned that there's uh, only about 1% of the forest that's open, open areas or early successional habitat. So a lot of this work that we're doing with them now is focused on these linear or spot wildlife openings. Most of them are on either decommissioned or gated Forest Service roads that were used at one time for fire control or timber harvest or things like that. So these gated roads that, that have a linear opening through the woods into the forest interior, we can go in and cut those back um, either with long arm bush hogs or chainsaws, you know, cut harvesting trees uh, 25 to 50 feet on either side of the road and create a wider linear wildlife opening. Um, and when we do that, typically on the roads uh, and the log, old log landings that usually have wildlife food plots or wildlife openings on them, we'll go back in after we've selectively daylighted or you know cut back the timber or used the long arm to, to limb that road to widen it up, uh, we can go back in there and plant those, those roads and basically have a linear food plot or wildlife opening do you, that wildlife you know, can utilize. Do you see that improving the, the deer hunting on those properties? Is that I know that there has been, uh, obviously it's been noticed, the areas that we've been working on. Um, and I have heard of several harvests where people have hunted those particular areas this year wow. where we have gone in and planted those areas or daylighted them and opened them up. And so, and, and anytime we're in there, we've seen deer and turkeys shortly after we've done the oh, work. Wow. So great. they're obviously finding those areas and using them. Will wow. those be maintained then they, uh, as as daylighted areas? I don't know if I'm using the correct terms there, but will those be maintained? They will be. And we're continuing to work on miles of roads within the Forest Service to create and, and, and maintain those openings. And what we'll do um, once they're initially, the project is initially completed, we'll go back on a yearly or every other year basis and any encroachment that has come in, we'll go back in and use the bush hog or long arm to, to trim it back. And, and they may not be sown every year, but as long as we have that open area and the early successional habitat for feeding, nesting, escape cover, you know, all sorts of things, um, then they'll be maintained and used by the wildlife that need that type of wow. habitat. Wow. Uh, National Wild Turkey Federation's involved in that? The National well? Wild Turkey Federation has partnered with that. Um, they have actually helped provide a couple of grants to uh, for work and equipment to help accomplish those goals. So, mm -hmm. so yeah, they've, they've come out and volunteered, helped clear some of the roads, some of the limbs as we've, you that's know, great. knocked the trees down, things like that. That's great. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Give me some ideas maybe I can do around my place. Too. Well, I, I keep going back to the three of them, you know, and, and all the work that gets yeah. accomplished during that time. Um, so so we mentioned deer and turkey, the daylighting and some of the management. Um, let's go back to that black bear side of it. I tend to think of black bear when I think of South Cherokee. 
Um, and you mentioned the four hunts that go on each year. Uh, a lot of people don't know what a party dog hunt is. So could you uh, talk a little bit about those hunts and talk about what a party dog hunt is and how that works with the agency? And is that the main hunting that goes yes. on here? Sure. Well, black bear hunting on South Cherokee and in this region, in the Southern Appalachians, has traditionally been done with hounds. Um, it's not like other parts of the country where they hunt over bait or where they still hunt and, and just sit, sit up and wait on the bear to come in. They use trained uh, hounds to track the bears, chase the bears, tree the bears, and, and, and that's how they hunt them. Um, so while most of the hunting is done that way, we also have these quota hunts that are called party dog hunts, which um, in years past, during the time when the quota hunts, the party dog hunts were going on, those were the only hunts that were taking place during that time. Now they overlap with some of our regular bear hunts. Um, still, it's a quota hunt, and you have to have at least 50 members of a party to be able to apply, to, oh. to create a party. You have to create a party of at least 50 hunters. Um, then, once you have that party created and submit your permit application, then uh, we have a drawing, a computer or a handheld drawing, to... Uh, to see who gets drawn on which compartment. There's um, four compartments, four party compartment hunt areas, and um, each one of those has four hunts. So there's 16 hunts, 16 hunts that they can be drawn for. Okay. So once they have that party and they go to the drawing, they they uh, prioritize their selections, which, which hunt they would like to have, and then if they're drawn, depending on which order they're drawn in, they get the hunt of their choice. So the whole party goes on that hunt? Or just individuals in that party they it can be the whole party um it depends on uh, i guess the if they have something else going on or or if uh, the weather's good or different things okay. like that so there may be 50 people in one party you know hunting in that area and there may only be a few of them okay so they don't they don't all have to be there but they can be i'm not sure i got 50 guys i won't go hunting <laughs> i think that's a lot of the problem and that's why it's difficult to uh, for some people to, to put in for these hunts because they do have to round up 50 people that are interested. And that's been more of, like you said, the history of this area. Correct. Um, talk a little bit about what the bear harvest has been like this year and what's what's the importance of hunting bear in Tennessee? Well, hunting bears is basically our primary management tool for population management. Um, like I said, with the increasing habitat, the older forests, the um, more lands that have been set aside in wildlife management areas or, or um, conservation easements, different things like that, there's more habitat that they're, that's out there for them to expand into. Um, and so the numbers continue to grow, especially in those large tracts like we have on Cherokee mm -hmm. or the national park adjacent to us, you know, the Great Smokies. Uh, those areas have always had a lot of bears. And so left unchecked those populations would continue to grow and either die from disease or vehicle collisions or you know some other factor from overpopulation so we use hunting as a primary management tool to keep those numbers at a biological and social caring capacity so you know levels that the animals can can tolerate and that humans can tolerate as far as the number of bears that we have um and the harvest this year we've had a really good year on the south cherokee we've killed um in Monroe and Polk County, there's been over 170 bears killed. Oh. About 160 of those were killed actually on South Cherokee in Monroe and Polk County. So each of those counties has half or more of the county 
is comprised of national forest land. So if they're bear hunting in that county, a lot of them are hunting on the forest. That's on, gonna on Cherokee. Ha- that's WMA. gonna help with our long-term management goals too. Exactly. Okay, that's great. The the timing of the hunts too. Traditionally, in years past, when the population was still growing or when we wanted it to grow. The timing was later in the season when more of the females that were going to have cubs would be denned or that segment of the population wasn't out there to be chased. Now we have more early hunts, early fall hunts, because now we're in a population control instead of population growth phase. Mm-hmm. And so now we can tolerate more of those um, those females being in the harvest. Oh. Um, and so we have some new opportunities with archery hunting during the deer season. They can, they can harvest a bear during the archery hunt on South Cherokee and those earlier dog hunts that we didn't used to have. I I often think about success stories, and this is definitely a success story, that we're able to harvest these bears without uh, concern uh, of their population declining um, because we're we're seeing that expansion westward with our populations. Right, and and of course we we are hesitant to give, you know, an exact population estimate, but the state, the TWRA, is working with um, neighboring states and universities on a larger southern Appalachian population density estimate. Um, and so we're hoping that the results of that study will help further refine our, our population harvest strategies. And then I'm, I'm watching our time. I, I, w- I definitely want to touch base because you um, have so much knowledge there, Brandon. I want to touch base on, um, we get messages from time to time here. It's obviously colder out and people think bear are hibernating, but we get messages through Facebook and, and phone calls throughout the region saying, I saw a bear. Um, they don't always hi- hibernate. Right. And um, in school, my old uh, mammalogy professor, um, he told us that, it, that bears, black bears in our area, it's called estivation. They don't, they're not true hibernators like some small mammals or you know, other animals. Uh, and in our area, they, they will go into a, a time of lethargy or, or winter torpor where their body does slow down, but it's, it's a mainly induced by food shortage and not the cold weather, you know, around here. So they'll be relatively inactive during this time, but they'll also get out, especially if it's not a female with cubs. Females with cubs will go into their den and stay until those cubs come out in the spring and they bring them out. But a male bear or a female without cubs on a, a sunny day like today um, they may get out and, and try to forage or, or look around. And they may have a series of day beds or smaller ground dens that they'll move between during this time of year. So, so it's not uncommon for them to be out moving around. So real quick, we want to remind people what's the website they should go to learn more about bears and, and bear behavior and how to interact with bears? Bearwise.org or our website at tnwildlife.org. Um, there's all sorts of information about um, bear biology, uh, nuisance behavior, uh, what to do if you see a bear, report a bear, report a bear sighting. Yeah. Great. Um, so, yeah. Thanks. Thank you All so right. much for being with us today, Brandon. We appreciate Thank your time. You. That Enjoyed was easy, it. right? Right. right. <laughs> <laughs> Brandon has uh, got a lot of knowledge and a lot of information, stuff we didn't even get to cover today. So, that's, I mean, he's, he's great. <laughs> um, we thank you, Mimi. Thank you for helping me co host. Thank you My for uh, setting this up. And uh, it's been great to be here at the hatchery. And, uh, Brandon, thank you for joining us today so thank yeah thanks enjoy thanks. it um tennessee wildcast we're here every week uh and uh we appreciate y'all tuning in thanks for listening on the radio and we'll see y'all next time thanks for tuning in 
Stay connected with TWRA by visiting our website at tnwildlife.org and follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Hey, it's all about Tennessee wildlife. It's what we do. Tennessee Wildcast will be on the air again next week. We'll see you then.